Recruiters are spending six seconds with your resume on average. Some people they might spend like half a second with and be like, no, you know, but either way, they're making quick kind of snap judgments based on what they see. So don't throw everything out there. Throw those special skills and moments and experiences that show them you are a match for their opening and get rid of all the other junk. You don't need it. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com. Brian Clapp. So often on this show, we have a routine where on Mondays we handle fan questions and on Wednesdays we do interviews with industry experts ranging from Lee Steinberg to somebody who's two years into their career. And that's always the plan. I love the Wednesday interviews. They're a lot of fun. Sometimes they can be hard to book and sometimes there's cancellations or there's problems or there's this thing that comes up or somebody has you know, a conflict or after they finished the interview a couple of times, I've had it. I've had this happen a couple of times, four times, I think actually that I've done an interview. And then afterwards, somebody starts to feel some guilt or a little bit of concern. And they're like, Hey, could you maybe not air that? And you know what? That's the life we lead. That's what happens. So this week we had a cancellation. It happens. I'm not going to stress over it, but I am going to still provide content, which gives us another chance to handle a fan question, to double up on our Monday episodes, to do it on a Wednesday, as I like to call it, breakfast for dinner. Uh, You can't go wrong with it. I love these questions. We're going to dig into them. As I mentioned on our Monday podcast, I did really, I did two really great sessions last week, one at the Arizona State University, another one at University of Missouri, St. Louis. And there were some really good questions that came in from the audience, from the audience of students. And I think those are the best questions. That's literally what people need and want to know. So we're going to lean into another one today, which I think will really benefit all of you. The question comes in from Hannah Kay from University of Missouri, St. Louis. She basically said, I'm paraphrasing because she asked it to me during the live session, but this is essentially the point she was trying to get across. I have a four page resume. How do I get it down to a more reasonable range? I like a good succinct question, right to the point. Four pages, when you're coming out of college, too much, right? We need to edit it down. So I'm going to give you 10 ideas to cut it down. But I want to start with this overarching principle. I've told everybody for many, many years, and I'm going to continue to hammer this because I think it's extremely important. You can have a four-page version of your resume. I don't want you to ever give it to anybody, but you can have a four-page version of your resume that includes everything that you've ever done, every bullet point you've ever written for every one of those jobs. Everything is there in this one supreme document. But then when you apply for a job, you have to go through the process of elevating those things that are the most important, taking out things that aren't as important. Make sure it matches that job so that if you have seven bullet points you've written for each position, you might end up making each position three or four, or maybe your first one is five and then it scales down from there. And they're all extremely relevant bullet points to that specific job you're applying to. On average, recruiters spend six seconds with your resume. Six seconds. You need to make a fast and good impression. And the best way to do that is to put the most relevant information closest to the top where they're going to start from. So that's your most high profile, especially when you're early in your career, your highest profile employer or internship with those data points that are supporting it. And then you go on from there. If you have four pages right now, that's cool. You've acquired a lot of knowledge of this part of your life, which is pretty impressive, actually but it's not the direction you want to go here. That's not the deliverable you want to end up with. So let's let's start with some tips. I have 10 different things you can do in addition to what I just said that'll help you trim out your 
resume down to a more manageable and tight edited document that somebody can really get to the meat of who you are and what you can do for their organization as quickly as possible. Okay, I have a really big problem with objective statements. So I say, get rid of it. Objective station, mission statements, all of those little paragraphs people put in. Hannah, you didn't do this. So I'm not, I'm not saying this directly at you. I don't want to take it as personally. But I'm just using an example. I want to use the degree that I got from the University of Missouri St. Louis to propel me to a career in sports marketing and advertising where I can use the skills and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no kidding. You want to use your degree to get you a job and to do things in the real world. Like we know that. Don't waste that space on your resume. Some people are pretty good at doing summary paragraphs where they can flip it around and present the value they bring to an employer. Now, I still don't love these. I tend to jump down to the experience side when looking at resumes, but some people really advocate for these summary paragraphs that are positioned in a way that tell the employer what you bring to the table, how you're going to help them, how you're going to benefit them, the skills you have that will help them in their, in their world. Okay, if you're good at that, you can do that. If you have the space for that, you can do that. I don't advocate for it, okay? Hannah, this one is not as relevant to you, but I, it is still important for everybody listening because we have a lot of people that listen to this show that aren't just students, so. What else can you get rid of your on your resume? You can get rid of jobs from 15 years ago. Now, you could still have a list or a bulleted list near the bottom that shows other positions and places you've worked without the massive amount of details behind it, just to say that you worked at these organizations. But listing out the extreme details of a job that you did 15 years ago, you feel like you want to put that out there so that they see all your breadth of experience. But what you're missing are two things. One, they probably won't ever get down that far. And two, it can really, it can result in some age bias. We do see people, employers, whether they admit it or not, that will not be as enticed to hire somebody with 25, 30, 40 years of experience. You're thinking of it like, look at all the knowledge I bring. They're thinking of it as, I want to bring in somebody young and robust and with new ideas. So your best case is to kind of drop off those jobs that are 15 years or older on there. Uh, maybe put them in there if it's a if you've got a really marquee place that you worked and you want to still list it in there. So you you get that brand recognition. Oh, they worked at, you know, ESPN or CNN or somewhere like that. Like I mean, I still have CNN on my resume, so I'm not going to tell you not to. Um, but I think those are some impressive uh, employers. You still want to maybe have them on there, but don't feel like you need to go to the full breadth of bullet points and like that. The fact that I was an editor at CNN a long time ago is not necessarily relevant to what I'm able to do for your business today. And that's what's most relevant is what can you do for me today? Okay. Number three, drop the graduation year uh, unless you obtained your degree in the last three to five years. Like if you're trying to build out a resume and you need space, I mean, you need to kind of bulk it up to get to one page. You can keep in your graduation year. But if you're starting to get to a point where you're like, I'm running out of room, that's something that can go. Um, they will click through to your LinkedIn profile or they'll be able to kind of deduce some of that stuff. It's really not relevant. Um, if you're graduated, that's enough. If you have your degree, that's enough. Your graduation year doesn't really tell me that much. Uh, again, it can get into age discrimination, maybe that you're too young or that you haven't had enough experience. Like, Let them focus on what you've done and accomplished and where you've gained your experience. I think that's the most important part of what a resume is. Number four, 
unprofessional email address. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen people include their email addresses and it's something goofy that they made when they were a teenager and they just never thought to change it. I mean, I've seen ones that are somewhat vulgar. I've seen ones that are double entendres. I've seen ones that are just, I love dogs at gmail.com. Just don't, just don't get yourself a professional email address, first initial, last name, full name with a, with a dot, Brian dot clap at whatever, like just try to get me something that is more professional. Don't use junky old email addresses that you did when the internet was brand new. Just kidding. Number five, again, this is not going to help you on spacing a lot, but it is important. Get rid of multiple phone numbers. I see this a lot. People putting in multiple phone numbers you can call. Just give me one best contact piece of information. Multiple phone numbers gets confusing. Which number should I call? What number did I call last time? Which number should I reach out to this time? Give me one good phone number. Make it easy on the hiring manager to know where to call. You don't need to give me your home, your office, and your cell phone. Give me that one number that I can look at and say, that's the number I should call. You're going to answer that one. Just make it clean. Easy, easy. Keep things easy. Remember, your job in a resume is to create as little friction as possible for them to contact you. You want them to read through, be impressed, feel like you are the right possible candidate, and have an easy way to contact you. Give them one phone number. Number six. Okay. Personal information. Any information beyond your address and that phone number, like legal name, phone number, email address, don't include on your resume. Uh, you, you don't need to make it into a, a biography. You don't care. You don't have to include things like irrelevant hobbies or place of birth or marital status or your driver's license or your political affiliation. And these are all things that I've seen before. You don't need to do that. Matter of fact, you shouldn't do that. A lot of those things will prevent you from getting noticed. I did have a story told to me once, so I want to get, I want to, I want to pull back a little bit on the hobby, irrelevant hobbies thing. So a friend, well, somebody I was on a panel with at one point, probably shouldn't call him a friend. I'm not sure he was. Nice guy. I liked him. Not, I'm not making any negative commentary. Um, but we were part of a panel one time and he was telling a story about he got noticed for his first job because in his cover letter and his resume, he included that he was a, uh, he trained falcons. I think there's actually a word for it. Falconer? Falconist? I don't know. Anyway, it might have been some really weird word too. Either way, he talked about this and that ended up being an icebreaker in his conversation. I don't know. I don't know if that works. I really don't. This might have been an edge case. It might have been a data point of one. In general, leaving off as much personal information as you can. Again, because there's two things that happen. One, you're taking away from the meat of who you are and your experiences and those things that will elevate you for the job. By taking a chance on, a, on an icebreaker that could help you, I don't know if that's worth it. But also the other thing you're doing is you're leaning into bias too much. And employers nowadays want to stay away from any type of bias. They don't want to know your marital status. They don't want to know where you grew up. They don't want to know this stuff because they want to make a decision based on who you are, not who they assume you to be. Get that difference? So just keep as much of that stuff out of there as possible, which gets to our next one is one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire resume world. Do not put your headshot on a resume. You are sending a message out to the employing world. There are a lot of problems with this, but you're sending a message out to the employing world to say, you should hire me because I'm cute and I've got a great smile and I just got my braces off. My teeth look straight and I just got a facelift. My skin is smooth. I'm, I'm making things up now, but your idea you're putting, why would you put your picture on there? Unless you think that would be something that would attract them to you and make them want to hire you. You think that they don't. 
they think, oh my God, I don't want to see your headshot because I don't want to make any decisions based on your attractiveness, your gender, your race. Like, I don't want anything to come into this conversation other than, are you qualified to do this job? That is a hot button topic in our world. So don't put your res- uh, headshot on a resume. Additionally, when you submit that resume to an applicant tracking system, as we've talked about many, many thousands of times before, something like a headshot or columns or other odd things, design elements brought to a resume, messes with the applicant tracking system, gets the, f- the formatting all off, all your words become jumbled, and now you look like a complete mess. So just get rid of that stuff. Number eight. We live in a world of modern technology. There's new things being developed all the time. Please do not put old software programs on your resume that you know. Be sure to include only relevant, updated software applications that align with the jobs that you are seeking. So, you know, if you have Photoshop knowledge, great. If you have some drawing program that was popular back in the early days of of the computers, (laughs) I paint, I draw, I don't remember what it was called anymore. But if you have like that kind of stuff, don't do it. Don't put that stuff on there. Be really specific about uh, if you're sharing tools and software that you're familiar with, make sure it's relevant, common, still active and used. Number nine, (laughs) get rid of pages two, three, and four. Yes, yes, Hannah, that is a direct shot on you. Um, <laughs> I don't mean it personally. Hannah and I have actually talked a lot over the years. She, I've, she's been in multiple classes that I've spoken with at University of Missouri, St. Louis. So she's asked good questions throughout the year. So I feel like I can be a little bit fun with that. But in reality, I do want you to try to remove pages two, three, and four of your resume. You need to get it down. I think, especially early, you can get it down to one page. I've seen many high-level detailed resumes that hit on important points in one page. If you're a college student, then you should definitely be able to do that. One concise page. We make marketing documents that are called one-sheeters where we really sell a product in one page. Same sort of concept. You should be able to sell yourself in one page because again, recruiters are spending six seconds with your resume on average. Some people they might spend like half a second with and be like, no. Others they might get all the way up to 12. You know. But either way, they're making quick kind of snap judgments based on what they see. Four pages, not necessary. Not necessary, don't do it. Get it down to a page later on in life. Like mine right now is like a page and a half and I've got almost 30 years of experience. I'm almost ashamed to admit that. Um, Too many years of experience. No, not quite 30, 25-ish. Yeah, my math is close enough. All right, but get get it down. Edit, edit, edit. And bring forth those relevant things. That'll be what sets you apart for the job that line up with that job description. Okay, last one, number 10. References available upon request. Get rid of all this little stuff that became so commonplace at some point that doesn't really have still the same meaning. Uh, References available upon request. People used to put that on their resumes all the time. Why? Yeah, of course there should be available upon request. That doesn't, okay, (laughs) you don't need to put it on your resume. I would sure hope so. Like they're going to request them whether you say that they're available or not. So if they request them and you're like, yes, uh, good thing I noted that they're available upon request on my resume or else they wouldn't have asked for them. Uh, That's not the way it works. They're going to ask for your references. They're going to assume that you have them available upon request. Don't waste any space with it on your resume. Get rid of all that sort of stuff. All these pieces of advice are going to make your resume a tight, well-edited, easy to understand, 
document that matches a job really tight and and somebody spending a little bit of time reading it will know, oh, this person's a good match. I like their experience. I clearly know who they are. I want to talk to them and learn more. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to open the door to the next conversation. So don't throw everything out there. Throw those special skills and moments and experiences that show them you are a match for their opening and get rid of all the other junk. You don't need it. Okay. All right. Thank you, Hannah, for another great question. As always, you're one of my favorites. Uh, please continue to send in those questions. You can email me at bclap at workinsports.com. You can message us through Twitter, at workinsports, through LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Mess- send me your question. I love questions. Send them to me. I'll do my best to get them on a show, and we'll get into that discussion. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.